Hey everyone, Scott Ackerman here. And Adam Scott sitting over here, bro. <laughs> you don't care where we're sitting. Um, we're just about to get into the new show we're doing, but first we want to tell you about Lisa. Lisa is an innovative direct-to-consumer online mattress brand that is also socially conscious. Adam, do you sleep on a mattress? I do, sometimes. What, what do you sleep on the other times? Do you just hover? Everything else. Well, everything. Hey, Scott, what don't I sleep on? All right, Adam, shut up. You know, for every 10 mattresses Lisa sells, they donate one to a shelter through their 110 program. Wow, a 110 program. And not to mention, with a patented universal adaptive feel, trademarked, Adam. Uh-huh. Get off your computer. Get off your computer. No, 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 no. All right, Lisa's designed for all types of sleepers. And now, even one. As stupid as me. <laughs> Keep going. And now Lisa has expanded its offerings to include the Lisa pillow, blanket, foundation, and frame. I pray that you sleep upon a Lisa pillow one day. Try a Lisa mattress in your own home for 100 nights risk-free. That's a lot of nights. Zero risks, 100 nights. No days, though. You have to ship it back during the day. Yeah, every, every day you wake up, you bring it to the post office. <laughs> it's available in the U.S., U.K., Canada, and Germany online with free shipping. This 100% American-made mattress ships compressed in a box right to your door. American-made. Mm. Or you could try it at the Lisa Dream Gallery in Soho, NYC, and Virginia Beach, and over 80 West Elm stores nationwide. I'm going to go to all 80 of those. <laughs> I hope so. Let's and go now, on a Lisa tour. Actually, for President's Day, get 125 doll hairs off the Lisa mattress, plus a free pillow when you go to leesa.com slash REM. That's lisa.com slash REM for $125 off the Lisa mattress, plus a free pillow. Offer valid till 20... Offer valid until February 28th off. Oh, it's so easy, isn't it? Well, the copy's wrong. Fine. (laughs) From chronic to collapse, town and into now, respectively, that is, this is Are You Talking R.E.M. Re-Me? The comprehensive and encyclopedic compendium of all things R.E.M. This is good rock and roll uh, music. Welcome back to our first episode. Welcome back. Welcome finally back. Back. Welcome. For the first time. Back. Uh, You're listening to Are You Talking... R-E-M, re, me, question mark, question mark, R-E with a colon, uh, meaning referring to, what does R-E with a colon mean? It means, and I have several questions about your colon, by the way, after that. Yeah, Ari. <laughs> what's going on with that? It means a guy named Ari. <laughs> Ari. And oh, he, wait, Ari from Entourage? Yes. Oh, yeah! Ari, it, wait, oh, I'm sorry, is this an episode of Ari's colon? <laughs> Hey, buddy, welcome to uh, Ari's colon. This is Scott. This is Scott. We don't have a lot to say about Ari's colon today. It's not looking great. Listen, what can you say that hasn't already been said about Ari's colon? colon. <laughs> 
of our best. It was fine. It got off on the wrong foot, I think, when I mispronounced everybody. Yeah, you <laughs> as everybody. Stupid, stupid man. <laughs> Welcome to the show. This is our first episode, although uh, it certainly is a continuation of a podcast that uh, my co-host and I used to record together, I guess, is a fair assessment of what we used to do. Sure. (laughs) I honestly didn't know we were going to, or you were going to bring that up. Wait, you, you didn't know we were recording it when we first started? I I think it's well known. I was wearing a wire. That you were tricking me into recording a podcast. We had firmly established that we were pretending privately to record a podcast. The whole time, it's interesting. If you listen to the first episode of the show, you talking you two to me, I'm constantly saying, Adam, could you speak into my flower that's on my lapel. Yes, it was a giant daisy. Mm-hmm. It was beautiful. It's beautiful. The Gorgeous. Most beautiful flower, maybe of all time. No, the most gorgeous daffodil. Sorry, Daisy. Daisy, I've ever seen. Do you? Uh, do and you, Scott, just shut up for a second. I have seen a lot of daisies. Really? Yeah. Where Where have you seen your daisies mainly? Well, I went to. The Daisy Festival, of course. Of course, the Daisy Daisy Chains. Daisy Chains Festival of Lights. Beautiful, beautiful festival. I don't mm. miss it. Beautiful. And it's a festival of lights, not daisies. Well, but da- if you see a daisy there, Ooh. then you're in luck because you win a million dollars. One mi- And that's how you got your start. Yep. I got a million dollars for spotting the daisy at the Festival of Lights. And that's that really uh, helped you through the lean years when oh, no yeah. one wanted to hire an Adam Quadrero. Right. No one. No one wanted to. And so I would say if I had a lean week, say, with no work, I would sure. say, well— And that, those weeks now— I mean, they're few and far between. No, I have fat a lean weeks week. Now. Yeah. Oh, big, the weeks are so big. Big fat fucking weeks. Heifer weeks. But back then, it was if I was having a lean week, I could eat a hundred thousand dollars. Sure. Right and my there. belly was full for a whole full day. Full of paper. Yes, one full day. Full of cloth. Because, <laughs> uh, as you know, currency, American currency, is made technically of cloth, not certainly, paper. Certainly, uh, according to my calculations. Meanwhile, uh, if I was ever having a lean week, I would have to eat moths out of my wallet. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, um, oh Scott Ackerman, moth wallet. Hey, that's you know what that is a great segue, yeah, into what I wanted to talk about, which was our names. Yes. You named me. Uh, this is Scott, by the way. Oh, sorry. Sorry, everybody. This is Scott. By the way, do, is there anyone you want to say hello to out there? Or, uh... um, Well, I would like to say hello to my friends. Hmm. I would like to say hello to my family. Okay. I would like to say hello to my fans. Mm-hmm. And I would like to say hello to you. Scott, hello. Hello. Thank you so much for including me. You're welcome. A lot of times uh, I feel a little left out when you're saying hello to people. I don't think I've ever left you out, but I'd have to check my records. Oh, uh, where are your records kept? They're right here. Would you like me oh, to check? Oh, yeah. Them? Oh, well, oh, my gosh. You brought the entire filing cabinet full. Okay. Let me open the cabinet. All right. Got to flip through these files. Oh, here it is. Pull out the paper. Oh, wait. I have to get out my decoder ring. It's written in invisible ink. Uh, 
that? Yep, I said hello to you every single time. Oh, my mistake. I Wait, guess. let me. Cl- Sorry, I have to close. Got to close everything. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and I'm gonna put it in my backpack. Okay. All right. Great. All right. We're ready to start the show. My, Let's do my it. mistake. I apologize for that. I had no idea you said. You know what? Let's just forget it happened. You seem mad, though. Well, you accused me of not only lying to you, but betraying our friendship. Not right? really uh, not really an accusation of either of those. Uh, merely an accusation that you have never said hello to me, ever, in our relationship, and you're currently lying about it, and those files are fake. That is a lie, first of all, that mm-hmm. I have never said hello to you. Mm-hmm. I've said hello to you at least seven or eight times. Seven or eight times over years. 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 I said at least, at most, let's say two million. <laughs> two million times. Somewhere in there? there that's a big range, Scott. It's, a, it's too big. It's a big range. It's too big. It would be too big if, if you were playing Prices Right. And uh, uh, Bob and, Barker coming up the driveway. Yeah, folks. and Bob Barker's coming up the driveway. Here and he, he comes. Says, and he says, okay, you got to pick a price in between seven or eight Yep. And two million. Two million. I'd say, hey, Bob, give me nine. You know, it, it doesn't matter. Or one million, nine hundred thousand, ninety-nine, you know. It, it, bottles of beer on the wall. Ninety-nine bottles of beer. You take one down, pass it around. Ninety-nine bottles of beer on the way. Um... Adam Scott over here. For those of you who uh, may be new to listening to us, um... <laughs> Welcome. Well, You're in for uh, a wonderful, wonderful time. Scott, please. Okay. <laughs> I think we're fine. Uh, but but you know what? There there may be a lot of people who are, are uh, fans of the band that we are going to talk about here sure. on the show uh, who have never heard our previous show. Our previous show, this is, by the way, uh, le- let me introduce you and you can introduce me. Sure. Across from me is, I mean, I'm just going to say it, one of the finest actors of my generation. Sure. Uh, you know, certainly in the generation above me, you have your De Niro's, you have your Brando's, you have your uh, Pacino's. Um, but of my generation, ones that I mean, they were all like acting long before I was around. And, right. You know, I mean, they're it's the elder statesman. Yeah. But of my generation, yeah. You have who? You have Eddie Nortz, the old Ed Nort, Ed Nort, and then Ed- what? And then what? The nobody. It's a barren, barren field. It's a wasteland out there of acting. I mean, there's no one. There's Scott. no one good. <laughs> no one good. So um, uh, he's one of the finest actors I know. Uh, he can do it all. He can do comedy. That's sort of funny. It's up for debate. He can do drama that's not that dramatic, but he's like sometimes he'll say a line and you'll Someone be like, convincing. oh, he's more of a comedy guy. Yeah. And then you watch him in a comedy, you're like, maybe he's a drama guy. It's almost like you, I'm kind of a, you would, you would categorize me as a tweener. <laughs> sure. As someone who kind of just falls between I don't think the that cracks. That word means what you think it means. <laughs> it does sound like something completely different. <laughs> it really does. Um, he is currently on a show, Ghosted, which is on the Fox Network, uh, and uh, you know him from Parks and Rec. You know him from Tell Me Lies, Tell Me Big Little Lies, Boom. which I have not seen, um, and uh, I'm just going to say it, nor will I. And uh, Wow, you really did say it. <laughs> you really did say it. And 
I don't care. <laughs> I know, as long as those checks clear, baby. Hey. Are the checks clearing, by the way? Because I know HBO every, had a problem for a little every while. Every single one. Okay, good. I was really scared, too. I brought that thing down to the bank I remember. Myself. I went to the bank with you that yeah. one day, and I your said, hands Scott, were shaking. Yep, I need you to come with me. Yeah, just moral support. I need someone to bear witness. This is a mm-hmm. legal transfer we're going to mm-hmm. do. This now, you asked me to wear a mask of Richard Nixon. Yes. And carry a semi-automatic weapon as well. That's right. And I wore a mask of Ronald Reagan, Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. I carried three grenades and a pistol. (laughs) Right, and both of us were wearing dynamite strapped to our bodies. With bulletproof vests, just in case anyone shot us. Just in case anyone wanted to shoot the dynamite. Exactly. Yeah. We went into the bank, and I was like, Scott, just stay by my side. Your hands were shaking so badly. Take the safety off of your automatic weapon. Mm, Oh, yeah. Good tip. Good tip. Stand by my side. We're going to go in the bank, and we're just going to simply cash my check. But before I do that— Right when we walk in the doors, I need you to scream, everybody down on the ground, this is a robbery. Now, those words to me, I don't know. Individually, they mean something. Together, I had no idea what they— Out of context, it's meaningless. Yeah, it's gibberish. Right, and that's why I wanted you to say it. It was a fun game. It was. It was really fun, and now— We're very rich men. We're very, very rich men, and we possibly shouldn't— have admitted to this. We might want to cut this out. Let's definitely cut this out. Uh, I want to welcome him back to the co-hosting chair. Adam Scott is hey. here. Go, now go ahead and give me a nice introduction. Yeah. Um, sitting across the old table from me, which is French for table, is a man who is sitting in a chair, mm. and there's a wall behind him. Boy, in front of him, a microphone. This is not as good as my interview. Beneath him, wheels upon the chair he is sitting, hmm. and right in front of him, a tabla. This is Scott Ackerman. <sighs> I yeah. Said some, I said some really nice things about you. I gave credits. Well, I said that there no. was a wall behind you're, you. You're, you're obviously more famous than me. Oh, Scott. You're the person who doesn't need the introduction. Scott. I'm the one who does need it. I said that there was a tabla in front of you and that you were wearing clothes. God. You Did you mention I was wearing clothes? Yeah, that's part um, of the uh, – it's written right here. It's the introduction. All I'm right, to. all right. Scott, anyway, you know I think the world of you. Certainly, I think you're certainly. incredibly talented. You've always been uh, two things to me. One. One, uh, a person who, when I see you on that screen, be it large, be it small, I think to myself, huh, he got another one. <laughs> and secondly, you've been a wonderful, wonderful supporter of me. Yes. Yes, I've always been. Well, I've always been a firm supporter of the arts. Certainly, the arts in general. And I fall within that umbrella. Well, you know, in spite of that, I have been supportive of you. Thank you very much. Uh, We had a show called You Talking You Too to Me where we discussed the band You Too. Hey, You Too. You Too. At length um for 20 24 episodes or so at this point Man. uh we really milked that for as long as we could we squeezed that we squeezed damn titties <laughs> <laughs> oh jesus we we like imagine bono on his hands and knees and we're just like underneath him like milking his tits <laughs> okay <laughs> all right you're imagining yeah why do you have the world's biggest erection right now <laughs> Wait, can we get the Guinness Book of World Records in here? Because I think you might be right. (laughs) 
<laughs> That's right. Four inches. <laughs> um, but we, uh, we we talked about you two. Uh, g- check out that show if you uh, are interested at all and haven't heard it. Uh, we went through the entire band's catalog. Um, took some interesting uh, sidebars along the way. Sure. And, uh, and we talked to the band themselves. Talked to the band themselves. So check out uh, all of those episodes. Now, while we were doing it, um, look – would we love it if you two had 1,000 more albums to talk about? Of course we would. Sure. Why? I mean, we'd have 1,000 more episodes of a podcast to make. Exactly. And we would love that. We would. But you two are not the most prolific band, meaning they're not putting out one album a day. Right. They. Uh, they put out one album every few years. Every what, few years. Songs of Experience, their 14th album. They've mm. been around, Scott, nigh upon 37 years at 30 this point. 30-some-odd years. Something like they've that. They've put out 14 albums. To mm-hmm. me, that's just fucking lazy. That's, uh, you know what, you two? Step it up. Yeah. Take I it mean, up a couple of notches. I, I don't want to you know? say like... Take it up a couple nights. I mean, you're like, how many episodes of television have you been on? I mean, let's see, uh, at least four or five episodes of television. Yeah, I've been exactly. an actor now for what, like 20 years? 20 years. And you've made four or five episodes of television. Right. But th- th- make no mistake, making an episode of television takes. It's so years. much harder than making an album. Making an album is something, like you said, you could. Put out an album of music. You could put every out day. an album of music every day. Like, how hard is it? First of all, albums are what? 30, 40 minutes, 50 minutes, right. 80 at most. And playing a musical instrument is like the most simple thing. Well, the thing is, is you can play the musical instrument while you record it and probably should. Well, yeah, that's what they do when they record an album. They go in, they sit down, they're like, uh, okay, give me that guitar, you mm-hmm. take that drum. Switch on the recording machine and then, and then they go, okay, 40 minutes later, it's out. And they just decide to do that the night before they release an album, like every four years. Exactly. So, just, and, you know. so I don't know why U2 doesn't have more records out, but we, we ran out. We ran out of records. Yeah. But we didn't run out of tape nor desire to keep this going. That's right. And so when we thought, well, what do we do next? What, 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 what is it? What is that thing? What's the, the special sauce? You know, and, and so much of, uh, of what we do yeah. is uh, inspiration, but uh-huh. I have to admit a lot of it is perspiration. <laughs> oh, man. You, <laughs> you smell it. terrible. Ugh. Uh, you smell great. Thank you so much. Um, so – we there are very few bands who have had uh, decade spanning careers, uh, nor the impact on the two of us. Exactly, and that's that's part of it. Is uh, both of these bands started around the same time, and uh, they got sort of popular around the same years. Uh-huh. And years where we were just primed for these bands to hit us right in the butthole. Yep. And they were making music for our buttholes at the time that our buttholes were, were at gaping. that exact age where they were ready to receive all of this great music. 
<laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> uh, so, so, so uh, the bands that we decided to segue onto, they have many records, much like you two did. They uh, had uh, several records that defined generations. Mm-hmm. Um, that changed the course of pop music. Right? The, the changed the very course of pop music itself. That's right. Um, of course, we are talking about the band Hari Brothers, <laughs> the Dubes. <laughs> uh, yes, Hari M. Hari M. Hari M. They, what a wonderful combination of uh, people and and uh, musicians. Am yes. I right in this? I, for me, REM is is. They're my favorite band, but even higher than you two as a kid. I just, they, when I discovered them and it wasn't uh, as early as I think you did, but we'll get into it. Okay, certainly. okay, okay. Certainly, but you, but yes, you I love, love REM. I, I, I love REM. I think they're a, just an incredible band. And they, you know, I was at the perfect age when they were at the hitting it. Uh, at the and we'll time. talk. We'll talk exactly about what yeah. age you were, what uh, if I was a first, little boy or not, or a big boy. Yeah. Who knows what you were? Um, and what we're going to do in this series is we're going to take REM record by record and just uh, talk about what we like about it, talk about what we don't like about it. And look, if you've heard the U two show, we don't like everything U two put out, right? That's right. We uh, gave them a little tisk tisk naughty boys for some of those records. That's right. <laughs> we sure did. We took them to task. We took them out to the woodshed. We certainly and we gave did. them a whipping. <laughs> we gave you two a whooping yeah. when it came to some of those records. Oh man! But and um, they are shaking in their boots. <laughs> they, they that song get on your that boots. They get on. Yeah, that was all about exactly what was going to happen when we started this podcast. <laughs> Um, what's interesting, I think, about the two of us is we have uh, two very different uh, opinions of of uh-huh. REM. I think mm-hmm. not in not in a bad way. I uh, uh, and we'll get into it, but uh, I they're a band that I love and have all of their songs that yes. they put out. Yes. So, but but uh, so we are coming from that place of we both are collectors. We have all their songs. We yeah. spend a lot of time thinking about REM. Uh, but we have very different opinions on it. Of because I'm my, that I'm the more kind of fanatical fan, and you may be more measured. Exactly, but okay. but but we'll figure out exactly when that occurs. And there's a lot to come here on the several episodes. Okay. We're going to do several episodes of this as long as we can, and uh, we're going to go as through. Want to keep listening? Exactly. So, Although it's I would, kind of a big ask, I, and I will say, the minute people want to stop listening, this podcast will just stop. Really? All you have to do is think it. That second, it will just stop. Yeah. So let me think it just now. (laughs) Wait, you want it to stop? And now we and start now again. Back yeah, because that, you wanted to start again. It's crazy how that, that it's actually crazy. works. Um, um, yeah, I am really, I have to say, I'm really excited to do this because, yes. like I said, I'm a big fan and I love talking about these records. Yes. These are, this is some of the best and I, music. And I want to say that I, in since we decided to do this, have started to go back and do a deep dive uh-huh. of their music and it's been very uh, invigorating for me to re-listen to a lot of these yeah. records. Um, They're in- these records are incredible. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're going to get into a lot of things over their career. We're going to get into 
their videos. We're going to get into videos? the magazine covers, the Magazines. award ceremonies. Awards. We're going to get into it all. all We're going to get into it all. But I think we need to start where we always start. Yep. With these bands. We did it with the previous band. Yep. Hugh 2 And now with Hari M. We need to start with who are the people in this band. That's what right. are the names of the band members? The band members' names. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So who do we got? Let's run them down. First of all, I believe, and and this this is the comprehensive and encyclopedic compendium yeah. of all things REM. It sure is. So of course we're going to start with the band members, and yeah. we know it all. That's the other part. That's the other part that a lot of people listening don't know is we're experts. Yeah, we know the names of the band members by heart. By heart, they're in our brains. We don't have to look it up on our. We don't phone. have to look it up. No. Although, would you mind starting because? Yeah, let me get it I, on my phone here. Okay, real quick. yeah, I'm, I'm. No, I'm just I'm kidding. I know it by heart. Okay, sure. I'm a fan. Right. Let's run them down. We sure. have uh, on uh, on. He holds a microphone. He, he sings. Sure. If I mean that's reductive, in yeah. a lot of ways. If you're holding a microphone, of course you're singing. Of right? course you're. But I mean, you know, he does so much. How yeah. can you just reduce it down to he sings? I know you're right. You know, it's like. I'm the singer. No, no, no. He does a lot more. He's than that. so much more than that. He's a charismatic front man. Sure, sure. When That's none can dispute that. Incredible songwriter. Right, writes uh, w- words that writes lyrics, lyrics even, and then sings them out loud. Sings them out loud in front of people and sometimes to himself. I would imagine. Sure. Why not? Like why? Why not? He if you're this sing guy, in the shower. If you're this guy, why wouldn't you? Like if you're one of the most famous singers in the world, can right. you imagine Frank Sinatra? Right. He gets into a shower. He disrobes. Yeah. He's got that, just that Sinatra bod. Oh, man. He's got that. That 60s man bod. Yeah, just like the the hairy belly that's overflowing over the polyester oh, pants. Oh, my goodness. And you know, back then, they took showers in their polyester pants. They did. Yeah. Um, can, can you imagine him getting into the shower and one of his many wives? Who do we got? We got Ava. We have Nancy. Oh, yeah. We no, got Nancy jo- was his daughter. We got uh, JoJo. Barbara, JoJo. Uh, uh Josie Gidget. Pincushion. We got the old pincushion. Pincushion, of course, yeah. yeah. Um, can you imagine one of, one of them coming in and, and saying, hey, Frank, do you mind singing in the shower? You have such <laughs> a right. wonderful voice. And I him know. saying, no thanks, baby. Hey, as if you- I'm would- off the clock, baby. Hey, 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 toots. I'm going to do it my way. da na 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 uh, he would never do that. And my way ain't singing. Now get out of here. Get the fuck get out the of fuck here. Get the fuck out of Hit here. Hit the fucking bricks. Hey, get the, don't let the door you the fuck out. Hickory dickory dock. <laughs> Can I you imagine that? If, An- if Andrew Dice Clay was Frank Sinatra. He would love that, I bet. I oh, am. Yeah. Um, no, he would never do that. I can only imagine never, in never. the shower he would be he he would, that's life. Yeah, she would say don't don't sing. He'd be like one two one, one two, two three four. Hey, dude. Yeah, he don't would sing the bad. the crankshaft song from <laughs> Lost. Hey, everybody, <laughs> isn't that the song? I come on, everybody. Oh right, 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 right. I thought you said Land of the Lost. So I was like trying to catch up. No, you remember the band? Yeah, Crankshaft Crankshaft, Lost. Yeah, yeah. 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 Anyway. Um, No, he would sing all the time. And so why would this person, the the very lead singer of Hari M, why would he, why would we expect him to never sing while he was? We cannot. We cannot expect that that expectation. No, of course. Uh, Let, uh, of course, we're talking about the one and only 
the main man. The main man, Michael Stipend. Michael Stipend. <laughs> there he is. The The guy. main man. The front man. That's, for one of the greatest bands in the history of music. That's him in that uh, light that you shine from the back of the house. Michael Stipend. Michael Stipend. Now, moving on. It's Stipe and or Stipend? Stipe and. Stipe and. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's Stipe and then an ampersand. Gotcha. That's, that's, yep. <laughs> I already knew that because that's yeah, his course, name. Of course, that's his name. <laughs> moving on to the Git Fiddle. The old guitar. The old six string. What I got you got to give it to your mama. What I got you got to give it to your papa. Um, he sings that, I believe. Yeah, yeah, that's an REM song. Uh, we have, uh, of course, he he's one of the best instrumentalists to ever be in the game. Uh, yeah, he's uh, a, a disciplined, uh, prolific, um, incredible songwriter and guitar player, multi-instrumentalist. Multi-instrumentalist. Played drums on a couple of REM yeah, songs. He's if, a great... If it makes sound... Uh, yeah, I think he played it. I think he can, uh, you know, make something <laughs> yeah, out of this, I think, right? I think we'll, we're in safe hands I with mean, him. I mean, seriously, you give this guy a coffee cup. Sure. Just oh. a coffee, just your regular dime store coffee cup that you pick sure. up off the street. And maybe something to slap against it. Sure. This you guy, know, make a hit song. One hit song. Uh, it's sure, he can't make two hit songs out of it? No, 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 no. Are no, you kidding me? No, That's no, insane. No, 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 All you've given him is a no, coffee cup. no, 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 no. But one hit song? Oh, yeah. Oh, no problem. Yeah. Of course, we're talking about Peter Pe- Dollar Bill. Peter Dollar Bill in the house. In the fucking house. Shredding it up on the old Rickenbacker. Oh, you know what I'm saying? the old Ricky. Oh, Peter Ricky, Dollar Bill. you're so fine. You're so fine. You blow my mind. Hey, Ricky. Hey, Ricky. He does not clap his hands, though. He can't do he that. Can't, he can't do that. He, he actually... I don't know that he has hands. Have no, you ever no, seen no, no, a, a Hari no, no, video no, no, with no. his hands in it? The Hari videos I've seen, he doesn't. He never shows his hands. It's one of the mysterious things about it's the very group. Very mysterious. Like great guitar player, no hands. He t- and it's just like clouds of smoke. Yes, so strange. Yes, so strange. But a, what a wonderful band! Oh, terrific guitar player, Peter Dollar Bill. Peter Dollar Bill, y'all. Michael Stipend. Michael Stipend. Peter, Peter Dollar, Dollar Bill. Bill. Let's move on to another type of guitar. Now a lot of bands do this. What's that? They have two types of guitars in their band. Hold on. What? A lot of bands. This is very common for bands. This is very, uh, it's well, almost it's, like sorry, rock and roll 101. Sorry, you're saying this is common for bands, but to me, that sounds insane. It, it, it actually, and Adam, what I want you to do is I want you to go home tonight uh, okay. and I want you to turn on YouTube and I want you to YouTube? just type in band. Band and okay. you'll a video will come up. You'll click on that. It'll yeah. take you to another video, another yeah, video. Yeah, yeah. You, suddenly you're down a YouTube hole. Oh boy, I've been down those before. I get sucked in for hours. Next oh. thing I know, I'm watching a, a Ovaltine commercial from when I was seven years old. You know, <laughs> you, you just that can't. you uploaded. <laughs> of course. Oh my gosh, uh, you're gonna notice though that most bands have two different types of guitars in them. Wait a second. Okay. Now the 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 one that Peter Dollar Bill plays. That we were uh, just talking about. Yeah. That has six strings. Uh-huh. This guy, he plays one with four. Four guitars? He plays four guitars. Four guitars? Yeah. And huh. they all have four strings. He's a 16-stringer. 
Wow. So does he has 16 hands? He does not know. He okay. uh, he has 16 fingers. 16 Come on, 16 fingers. Okay, yeah. that makes more sense. Yeah, it makes more sense. Now, he makes up for Peter Dollar Bill, who ha- does not have hands. By no hands. Six extra fingers. 16 fingers. But weirdly, the extra six Wait, are on one hand. <laughs> did this guy steal fingers from Peter Dollar Bill? That's, I think, what happened. Uh, that's not in the, the Wikipedia, which, by the way, is our only resource for information on oh, this yeah, band. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. We don't know anything about them other than that. No. We just were introduced to them today. <laughs> right. Uh, let's talk about him. He uh, he sings uh, harmonies. Harmonies. He plays piano. He radiates on the 88s. Piano, keyboards. Mm-hmm. He plays uh, bass the, guitar. The bass guitar. Uh, of course we're talking about. Of course we're talking about Mike Miller. Mike Miller. The one, the only Mike Miller. Mike bass Miller. guitar, keyboards. And everything uh, and, in between. And everything in vocal between. Vocal harmony, is, lead vocals sometimes. Well, yeah, very occasionally. Um, incredible singer. Well, I wonder what the difference is between a lead vocalist and a, a person who's not a lead vocalist. Well, say you have uh, – okay, the band we did the podcast about before, Bonobos. Mm, yeah, I sort of remember them. Okay, Hugh too. Yeah, right. Okay. Bonobos was the lead singer of that band, right? You know the guy he was singing? He didn't I don't really think play. that ever came up on Okay, well show. then let me just tell you really quickly. The guitar player, his name was Thedge. Thedge, right, yeah. Right? And then we had a, a bass guitar player. His name was Adam, Adam Clay, Clay 2000, 2000 pounds. pounds. Right, right, And right. then the drummer, as you know, was Larry Mullen Sr.'s uh, son. Mm-hmm. The the fourth member of the group is named Bonobos, and he was the singer. He was the lead singer. Other people would do backup vocals sometimes, but he's the one that was singing the lead vocals uh, uh, for all of the songs. Okay, got it. Got it. I'm locked in now. Okay. I'm uh, safety off, buddy. Safety off um, at this point. Now, we've only talked about three people, and I know a lot of you are saying like, oh, yeah. that's, that's probably it. Yeah. That's a band right there. Yeah, Three it people. is. Isn't that the, the one more than band? the White Stripes? Right, right. But no, there actually is one more person, and th- this guy's hard to hard to spot sometimes. Uh huh. Because he's sitting behind a lot of uh, oh, right, yeah, a yeah, lot yeah, of yeah, a lot of, of he's yeah. like sometimes you're like, oh, is he sitting behind a bunch of crates or boxes or right? I noticed. I saw a picture of them today. I was like, what are those round boxes in front of them? <laughs> like these I can barely round, like what's he holding? Are these hats? Right. What are why why is he striking hat boxes? With right. with his Large long pencils. ET fingers, yeah, and and huge fingers with pencils. on Yeah, them. I don't. It, it's confusing. I didn't understand what was going. It's on. It's very very confusing. So I, Adam, don't think less of yourself because when you just look at a picture like that, it's very confusing. Sometimes you need to see several pictures. Sometimes you just need someone to explain it to you. I thought there was only one picture that we could look at, and so I was just looking at that like, what the fuck is there going actually, on? There actually, and this is interesting. There are actually twelve pictures of this band. I've only. I didn't know there were eleven more. There's eleven more pictures. I got. I'm going to show you the other eleven because you got to see these. Thank you. Uh, He plays uh, what I call, uh, but I'm a music fan. I call them the drums. The drums. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yep. All right. Well, agree to disagree. Okay. Uh, Some people call them the poundums. Oh yeah, you mean the things you hit with drumsticks? Yes. Exactly. Poundums. Yeah, he's a. Yeah, I call them drums and poundum sticks. Yeah, okay, well, you, I call them poundums and drumsticks. Okay, yeah. So very, you know, it's west of the Mississippi. 
You know, the and we- then when I have a chicken leg, I call that a poundum stick. <laughs> oh, do you? Interesting. Uh, we know, of course, who he is. It's uh, of Slapping course the skins. Yep. It's uh, Buckbury. Buckbury. Mm-hmm. Buckbury. Yeah. Okay. Buck. Great. Yeah, he's a great drummer. Incredible, mm-hmm. incredible, incredible at it. Incredible Incre- songwriter as well. Great singer. Um, I'll take your word for that. But uh, I'm a fan, but I, I guess I haven't gone that deep into it. Well, he did backup vocals and stuff. I mean, I you know, I I have never heard those vocals. I guess I. But yeah, Buckbury, terrific. Buckbury. Oh my goodness, it's quite a name. Quite a name. You got a Peter Dollar Bill over there, yeah. and then Buckbury, and then Buckbury. Yeah. Boy, uh, we, so we got all the names out. We so got that's all the what names, people finally. have to uh, memorize, or because those names are going to disappear from our consciousness. Those names are going to come up a lot, actually. Though yeah. they're, we're going to be talking about these people a lot. On so you show. have to know who we're talking about to so follow along. If I were you, I would maybe write these things down, maybe make a voice memo to yourself, email it to yourself. There's a lot of ways around this problem now. Yeah. Now the technology has advanced to the point where where it's it's not uh, we, we don't need these post-it notes. Uh, who needs it? Little yellow thing that's Remember, stuck yeah. all over. It's Post-it like, notes, they were great for several years. Yeah. We needed them. But guess what? We don't need them anymore. Not anymore. And they're annoying. Oh, my God. Remember the days before the post-it note, though? Yeah. When you had to you had to get like a big tub of glue yep. and put it on your paper? Well, you had to buy paper and cut the paper up into a bunch of small pieces. Smaller pieces. And then squirt slop like glue a on bunch it. of glue on the back and stick it to your computer screen. Oh, my God. Gross. And then you stick it onto some post-it notes you had lying around. You yeah, know, you had to were... grab your post-it notes and throw them in the garbage. <laughs> right. And then cut up your paper. Oh, my God. So we're going to be talking about the band. We're going to be talking about uh, today's episode. We're going to be talking about their very first releases uh, and we're talking about, of course, the title of this episode, Chronic Town, their very first EP. Uh, before we get to that, though, we need to take a little break. What do you think of that? I think that sounds good. To me. To me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Very good. So I would quickly just like to say goodbye to my friends. I'd like to say goodbye to my family. I would like to say goodbye to my fans. And most of all, Scott, I would like to say goodbye to you. Thank you very much. I, I imagine during the break we're just going to sit here yeah. staring at each other. Yeah. So no need necessarily to say goodbye, but uh, I appreciate it. And uh, you've never said goodbye to me. So this is a very special uh, very special day. So thank there's you a, so much. There's a, there's a first time for everything, Scott. <laughs> there certainly, certainly is. Speaking of first times, this is our first time on this Whoa. show. So we are going to be... Right back with more Are You Talking R-E-M Remy. We are going to be right back. Adam? Yeah, Scott. What do you, uh, what's your favorite book of all time? My favorite book. Mm-hmm. Talking to that black thing. My favorite. Oh, <laughs> hello, sir. <laughs> My favorite book of all time. All time. All time. Mm-hmm. Like from the beginning of man. From the yes, the beginning. From cave paintings to the latest Tom Clancy. Um, Is there a latest Tom Clancy? 
There's always a latest Tom yeah, he, Clancy. He may no longer be with us anymore. Well, whatever the latest Tom Clancy was. Yes, it was the last was. book ever made. You're right. Um, you know what? Sometimes I like to just curl up, get cozy on When you say couch. curl, you mean curling like in the Olympics, right? Yes. Yes, I get out on the ice <laughs> and grab the nearest book, which is usually – an E.E. E. Cummings, but just like e. a collection. E. Cummings. Yeah. Because you hate capitalization. That's right. Mm-hmm. I like the Bible because it's a great value. It's a bunch sure. of it's a bunch of little books in one. No, I. It's a lot like the uh, the Richard Bachman, like the what was that that Stephen King uh, yeah, of yeah, yeah, different yeah. seasons? Where it had sure. four books in one. And it had uh, Rita Hayworth. Yep. Uh, or the Richard Bachman ones, where it's the Running Man and yeah. everything. It's Richard a great Bachman. value. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was Thin. a pseudonym. A pseudonym for Stephen King. That of Stephen course. King used very interesting mm-hmm. period of uh, of his writing. Anyway, we can both agree reading is fun. Always, I love a good E. E. Cummings book. <laughs> Do you like it just because comes in? <laughs> I, I, I think you may be onto something. There. Look, audiobooks are even better than regular books because you can drive around and listen to them. You don't have to like, it's like sometimes reading a, a good book, it's like a weightlifting competition. It's yeah. like, oh, I got to bring this up to my face. Right. Especially, even if it's on an iPad or a, or a, or a, a device of some kind, even you if still it's have on to a, lift it. A one pound device, that's heavy. It's heavy. That's heavy. One pound is still heavy. I'm not made of muscles no, or no. money <laughs> or muscles <laughs> or musliny. Um, so audiobooks are even better for that because, you know, you can learn so much on audiobooks. You can you can uh, listen to books to feel healthier. You can uh, listen to books to get motivated, learn something new. You can probably learn how to play piano listening to an audiobook. Sure. It's like having a butler just whisper a book in your ear, just read for you. <laughs> Is that what you have at home with your big Hollywood money, yep. having a butler whisper a book? Why not whisper. regular volume? Nope. Uh, let me tell you this. Audible, with an unmatched selection of audiobooks, original audio shows, news, comedy, and more, Audible has all the audio content you're going to need to start your year on the right foot. And if you're just starting your year right now, you are already starting it on the right foot, my man. That's true. Mm-hmm. And you know what? You can try books like, let's say, Fiscal You. You are a badass at making money. <laughs> what Wait, book is that? <laughs> that's this book that they're suggesting right <laughs> they're here. Suggesting, you're suggesting it. <laughs> it's me suggesting it, and I'm not reading it off a piece of paper. Well, I have a book that I would suggest, which is Rich Dad, Poor Dad. <laughs> Wait, wait, okay, where are you getting that idea from? It's just a book I love. You know, I did listen to uh, Fire and Fury on Audible recently. Did you really? Yeah, the book about— Yeah, uh, yeah, the Michael Wolf book. Michael Wolf. it's about a monster Is who lives related? in a large white house. <laughs> it's like a new Harry Potter book. Yeah. Wow, by the way, Harry Potter— I don't know if that's on there, but you sure could is. you could have your uh, kids listen to it instead of instead of you uh, you know putting in the time to read it aloud to them. We can all go curling and listen to <laughs> Harry Potter. Look, there's so many great books, whether it's on your phone, through your car, from a tablet, or at home on an Amazon Echo. Echo. You can get tons of books while doing almost anything, and I mean anything. And Audible lets you switch seamlessly between devices, picking up exactly where you left off, Scott. That's right. So, Adam, I hope that you will start a 30-day trial and tell you what. If you start this 30-day trial Uh of Audible, Uh your first audio book, free. What? Yes, free. 
Go to audible.com slash REM or text REM to 500-500. Yeah, but I like way. saying the, the numerals. <laughs> there you can't put it in a dash. That's audible.com slash REM or text REM to 500-500 for a 30-day trial and free first audiobook. Oh, so there's no dash? It's just 500-500? I don't know. It's just easier to say 500 okay, All right. Anyway, you can do it. With, so can you. With audiobooks. One, two, three. Welcome back to Are You Talking R.E.M. Re-Me? This is Scott. And this is Scott. And we are back. Uh, Adam took a, what's become a little bit of a tradition here on the show. He took a squirt. Had to go down the hallway and... Shake a little dew off the daisy. He certainly did. There, uh, there probably has not been an episode where you haven't done that right after the first segment. I enjoy it. It, well, it leads me to believe that uh, I go masturbate <laughs> because you're so turned on mm-hmm. by either talking about these bands or me. I don't know, and I don't want to know. Either that, or I'm a coke addict. <laughs> it could be. Could be. Um, welcome back. We're here talking about the band R.E.M., of course, and we have been talking about them exclusively. Um, nothing else. Nothing else. And uh, this is exciting because you only get one of these first episodes. You know what I mean? You only get one. You, you know, Scott, you're so right. It's it's like going to a really good movie. You mm. walk in. Wait, wait, wait. Is this an episode of I Love Films? I think it might be. Welcome to I Love Films. This is Scott. And this is Scott. And today we're talking about film. Mm. And Adam, uh, just before we came on air, was talking about it's like when you go and sit down at a really good movie. At a movie. At a movie. You know, you go in, you... Now, I don't like movies that much. Oh, listen, neither do I. But I love film. I love Love films. I fucking love it. I love going in, you smell the popcorn. Celluloid! You get the ticket... You go. You, Speaking you, of Lloyd, Dumb and Dumber. The ticket taker. Just a movie. They tear your but ticket. Film. Films like film. the Godfather. Rip that ticket, just you're ripping oh, in half. Yeah. You sit down oh. in the chair, you feel it squeak beneath and your with sp- bosom. And then, you know, zip, Mrs. Robinson. Oh my oh. gosh, are, are you trying to seduce me? I don't, hey, listen, that is a film. That's a film. Mike, uh, five cents. Yeah. Oh my gosh. The Best. Wonderful, wonderful, uh, there's no other way to put it, filmmaker. You know, I'm going to be controversial here, and I'm going to say that I'm going to go Here it up, comes. Just go out. Just, just listen. Release just, the house. Just listen. I really like carnal knowledge, maybe even more huh. than The Graduate. Not as many people have seen it, but I love Not it. A, I don't even know what you're talking about when you say those two words together. They, they feel like four syllables, maybe? I, I don't know. even— I, I know. Just, it's, it's more of it's a, nonsense. an underground favorite, but I love it. Speaking of underground, uh, Kate Beckinsale, uh, call me! <laughs> yeah, very attractive woman. I may be thinking of Underworld. Uh-huh. No, it's it's under it's under underground. Under, underground. Well, that's been an episode of I Love Films. Goodbye. Good app. Great app. Really great. Really good. I sometimes loved we're it. too hard on ourselves, but I have to say I love that podcast. I love doing it. I love doing it. Yeah, I w- I wish we could do that exclusively. Wait a second. 
Is this an episode of I Love, I Love Films? I think it might be. Hey, welcome to I Love, I Love Films. This is Scott. And this is Scott. And we're just here talking about the podcast, I Love Films. I love, I, I love, love films. films. It's so good. They're, they're, those guys, they know what they're talking about. You know about. what? They give a shit. Excuse my language. They give a I shit. I will never excuse that because that is unforgivable. Speaking of unforgivable, Kate Beckinsale? Great actress. Me. Very attractive woman. I may be thinking of Clint Eastwood. Same thing. Same thing to me. Same person. Uh, Kate Beckinsale, get in that empty chair, if you know what I mean. <laughs> oh, The empty chair is my lap. All right, this is I Love, I Love Films. Goodbye. Oh, even better. That might be the best episode of anything that's ever existed in the history of this past 25 seconds. It may be because everyone's asleep because it's late at night while we're doing this. Yes. Um, yes. It's, I don't even know why we were talking about it, but the, I would never pass it up uh, no. talking about it because- Kate Beckinsale? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Um, but why were we talking about it's like when you go to a movie? I don't even remember. But here we are. We're going to be talking about we're here. we're here. We're here. We're doing it. We're doing it. We're talking about the band Hari M and uh, nothing else. And oh yes, the, you only get one of these first episodes. Yeah. And you and when when you gotta you step up to the plate, you gotta take a mighty swing. Yeah. Listen, they might throw you a. A knuckleball. They might throw you a curveball, but uh, you gotta swing the bat. How about a slider? <laughs> uh, they, it's not just for dinner plates anymore. Listen, it might go high and outside. I'm still gonna take a swing, Scott. A uh, knuckleball? Yeah, I'm gonna take a swing. Yeah, yeah. What uh, What about a, a beanball? Take a Comes swing straight at the head. Take a swing. Just take a swing at. It. Just With swat it away. Yes. You have to because when you you only get one chance, you get one shot. You get one shot. One of them. One of them. By the way, speaking of one shot, uh, have you seen uh, Hamilton? Yes. Where'd you see it? Here in L.A.? Here in L.A. and in uh, New York City, the how'd Big you, Apple. How'd, how'd you get your tickets here in L.A.? I got my tickets here in L.A. Uh, I, God, I don't know. You don't, That's just, a good question. They just showed up? The Hamilton Ferry came I down guess. your chimney? I don't remember. You don't remember. See, I really don't. You know how everyone out there is like, how do I get my Hamilton tickets? Oh, they're so expensive. I don't know how to get them. You don't remember. I, I, I remember in New York, I, I asked my agent if I could get tickets because it was difficult. Mm -hmm. But here, I don't remember how exactly just, I did that. You just kind of showed well, up. I don't think it's, it's as difficult here in LA, is it's it? It's pretty difficult. It is. Did you see it here? I have not seen it here. I've been going on the lottery every day, and uh, no luck at this point. You, you'll, are you serious? I am serious. You can get tickets to Hamilton. Well, if you pay up the nose and up the butt around the corner for them, sure. Well, sure, but I like going up the butt and around the corner <laughs> I for bet my you tickets. Do. Uh, I did see it in New York. and uh, Did you see the original? I saw the original, yes. I did not. I did not. Lin-Manuel uh, Miranda was very nice to give me house seats. Not give me. Uh, I uh, everyone Asked for them. Yes. And I paid for them. I paid for them, but uh, it was very nice to, at, at you know, cost, yeah. uh, give me the, the, the wonderful seats next to Ben Schwartz. Oh. Uh, and they sing that in in You only get one Hamilton. shot. You, not, uh, they sing uh, uh, Lose Yourself in the Moment you, you Know It. it. 
Yeah, never let, let it go. go. Hey. Um, George Hamilton sings that in the show. That show is about George Hamilton. Yes, life it's and about. Times. Uh, it, it goes all the way up to Love at First Bite, mm-hmm. and then he slips on that Dracula cowl, oh, turns to the camera, boy. and goes, "I think I'm ready to bite something." Oh, Curtain, and then it just skips ahead to Godfather Three, and it ends. <laughs> yep, yeah. There's a whole just. It's a what we call in the movie biz a post credit scene. You know, I sorry, I feel like this might be another episode of I Love Films. I think we segued into one, yeah. Hey, this is I Love Films. This is Scott. This is also Scott. And when it, when I, We're talking about Godfather 3. We're talking about Godfather and 3, I think one And post-credit scenes. One of the greatest moves ever made by one of our premier American Can directors. I tell you something? Uh, can God, I finish my sentence? Godfather 2? I think it's better than Godfather 1. Wait a second. Hold on, because I was I I I was going to say the same thing, but one I was the, afraid of what people might say. What the better sequels out there? You think Godfather 2 is actually better than The Godfather? I just there's something about it that I think the quality is so much better. It's, it's just epic. Okay, they go back, they show uh Vito Corleone. They're in the past, they're in the present, they're oh. in the future. And the just the redemption Oh, the redemption. The guilt. The, 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 ki- the smooch. Remember the smooch? Oh, big old smooch. Just big mwah, juicy mwah, lips. Mwah, I knew it was you. I knew it was you, Fredo. <laughs> what I was going to say is yeah. one of my favorite things that any premier American director has done is when Francis Ford Coppola mm. couldn't get Robert Duvall to be in Godfather 3. Oh, big yeah. disappointment. Robert Duvall, you know, he wanted, uh, I mean, it's a paltry sum these days. He wanted an extra $5 million. Yeah, which is nothing. Which is nothing now. Nothing. But at the time. At the time, it was big bucks. It was big bucks. So, so he couldn't get him. So who did he replace him with? George Hamilton. George Hamilton. Great move. Such a, I, some, some called it a lateral move. Yeah, no. That uh, is a move straight up. Maybe if you're on your side and you're <laughs> making a lateral move maybe, up, up, you know, vertically. Uh, maybe if you have extreme vertigo and you can't tell ups and downs. Speaking of vertigo. Yeah. Is this an episode of You Talking You Two to me? I think it might be. Hey, welcome to You Talking You Two to me. The uh, From Boy to Boots, getting them on, that is. This is You Talking You Two to me, the... Encyclopedic and comprehensive. comprehensive compendium of all things U2. This is good rock and roll uh, music. We're talking about Vertigo. Yeah, Vertigo is a song by U2. I like it. Me too. Good app. Yeah, that was a great episode. So, what I so was we're back in, uh, yeah. I love films. And yeah. I, I have to say that uh, Godfather 3, again. So much better than, than Godfather 2 or 1. By a mile. By a full kilometer. That's, okay. That's Let's what I'm say, talking about. Uh, you know what? 10 kilometers. A, a marathon, 26.2 kilometers. Infinity kilometers. That's how good Godfather that's 3 is. That's how good it is. I love it. Oh, Sophia, I knew you were going to be a great director when I saw you up there on that screen. I actually do like lots of things about Godfather 3. Yeah, me too. I love films. <laughs> Good app. Yeah, that was a great app. Oh, man. We are in the thick of it. Yeah. But, you know, you only get one of these, so I want to yeah. t- swing for the fences. You know, I, enough of these these bunts. 
yeah. that, that so many podcasts oh, take. Oh, yeah. You know what I, I mean? I'm not going to let that guy walk me. I'm going to take a swing. No, I'm, I'm not going to let him uh, hit me in the With old noggin. Big old dick. <laughs> you are sorry. swinging your dick. I'm sorry. Back and forth. I am sorry. Uh, so what I want to do in this segment is uh, we're talking about the band Hariam exclusively in this uh, podcast. Hariam. And I want to just, like we did with the U2 show, I want to talk about the band generally before we get into Chronic sure. Town. Uh, and their early songs, and I just kind of want to talk uh, and see where we both uh, started with them, yeah. uh, n- not getting into the future necessarily, but I want to hear, uh, basically, Adam, what I'm trying to say is, uh, when did you first hear of R.E.M.? Mm. For me, and this is for me, mm-hmm. um, I first heard of them back when they had their first like big top 10 hit, The One I Love. And that was on MTV. 1987, I believe. 1987. And I thought the the video you, you was You were really, watching MTV? Yeah. The video was really weird. Um, I don't remember what happens in it. In I, the video? Really? Yeah, I don't. No. Really? I, really, I don't uh, remember. It was a great I, video. I, I, a, a lot of videos, the videos that I remember are probably 82 through... 85, maybe, are the ones that I remember the most. so you remember no music videos after 1985. I remember Van Halen's Right Now. Those words. That's a great video. Pepsi. And a great song. (laughs) Right now. Um, Um, But I I don't recall the the, exact intricacies of the One I Love video, so describe it for us. The One I Love video is... uh, Turn your fucking phone off. Super artsy-fartsy. Oh, it's our mutual (laughs) friend. Um... And but, but no, it's a great video, and there's no lip syncing in it. It's weird. The band isn't really in it. It's just a weird collage of images, and it's really cool. And the song itself, really catchy, but also sounded different than anything I was listening to at that time. What were you I, listening to at the time? Like, this is 1987. How, 1987. Do you mind saying how old you are? Right now I'm 44, so in 1987 I was... You really have to go backwards from where you are now and no, you don't go I'm forwards forward, from your birthday? I'm going forward from my birthday, <laughs> but it's difficult. I was 14 years old, okay? Okay. So never won an award <laughs> no, for 44. mathematics. Okay, I'm not well. claiming to... Um, <laughs> it's standard birthday <laughs> multi- or, uh, How old were you in 1986? 16. Wow, that's not bad. Well, I was born on a an even year uh, in seventy, so I, I so it's very is. easy for me to figure this stuff out. Um, at the time, I was listening to like Bob Marley and the Grateful Dead. That was <laughs> she's calling me now. Really, <laughs> she knows this is happening and is very excited. <laughs> I'm gonna text her. Go ahead. Um, so Bob Marley and the Grateful Dead were kind of my w- main two bands at the time. Bob Marley and the Grateful Dead when yeah. you're 14. Yeah, I was. Uh, huh. So R.E.M., that song was a big hit, and then it's the end of the world as we know it. And for Christmas 1987, my brother got me Document, the album with What I Love and stuff. And it really blew my mind. I remember I had a learner's permit. Hold on, hold on. Let's back up a little bit. So so 1987, the one I love comes out. I can't recall if that was a summer record or fall. fall. It was a fall record. Uh, your brother, older brother? Or, older I don't think brother, we've talked yeah. about him yeah. uh, at this point. David Scott. David Scott. You Dave know, Scott, for those who My middle know name is David. Him. Your what? My middle name is David. Cares. Okay. Um, so uh, he's older. He sees you enjoying this, or did you walk around saying, like, I really— or, Yeah, or we— Did you talk about music we with were, him? He's, he really got me into music and introduced me to 
Led Zeppelin and all the later, yeah, uh, Stairway to Heaven is one of their songs. There's a lady who knows that she's walking up the stairs and mm-hmm. we're in heaven now. We're Those in heaven. No, look at all these guys with all these harps. Um, and I remember that summer too. We were we listened to the Joshua Tree by U uh, two. U two. Okay, so now you were into U two at this point or no? Well, I was because when when the, you went to the US Festival, we talked about this for U two. Yeah, you, but when that you were was a young in nineteen eighty three. You were was, just a little boy at yeah. this point. And so I remember that summer he was like, "This is U two. This is the Joshua Tree. This album is huge." And we I we kind of he introduced that to me over the summer, and then one I loved became this thing and. And uh, he was like, yeah, these guys are good. They've been around a while, and this is their first hit. And he got So he knew a Christmas. little bit about them. A bit, yeah. A bit. And he got me that album, the cassette of it. Did he Did he own it as well? Or? I believe so. Okay. I believe so. Um, and then uh, – and I remember the Christmas day when I got it, I was actually 15 by this point, And I got in the car because I had my learner's permit and was driving my mom, and I put – document in her cassette player and finest work song came came on and it's a really loud mm-hmm. uh, uh kind of burst of of sound really j- like jarring sharp just, yes. jarring song and i was i was just like wow this is incredible but i was driving her car and she made me turn it off because it was too loud and crazy too loud and distracting yeah while i was uh driving her car you shouldn't she be listening freaked out about you shouldn't be listening to songs while you're learning how to drive you shouldn't especially songs that are about crashing a car which is what finest work song is the, about yeah i mean uh, uh crash test dummies that's <laughs> right. the worst band to yes. listen to and that's my other favorite band <laughs> Uh, Would not surprise me. So that's when I really got into them. I wasn't really aware of them before that because they, they just weren't really on my radar as a 14-year-old. As a 14-year-old boy. But, like, you, but you were already into U2 or you were not into U2? I can't a, remember. A bit. I was aware of you, them. You got into them with Rattle album. and Hum, right? No, I got into them with Joshua Tree, but it was around that time that I, I was right. just sort of getting into the music of the day and right. kind of st- starting to shed the skin of Bob Marley and – Grateful Dead and and Cream and all that kind of classic mm-hmm. rock that as a 14-year-old in Santa Cruz. Well, I was you had to learn into. the bass. Uh, yes. You know what I mean? Like I grew up listening to the Beatles right. and um you have to learn like what pop music is yeah. in order to to start to then appreciate alternative yeah. in a way. Yeah, exactly. So I uh and Huey Lewis in the news and Michael Jackson was kind of what came before I That's the big one I, for me, by the way. I think I Huey Lewis. I mentioned it in an interview that just came out today of like when I was fourteen Huey Lewis was huge. Sports had come yeah, out. Yeah. And I walked around school wearing a Huey Lewis in the News t-shirt oh, that I man. made my friend who went to the concert buy me. Wow. I and bet you wish you still had that t-shirt. I actually do. It yeah. was so cool. Um, but then but then when I was 15, then I started getting into alternative music. And actually, because uh-huh. we're, we're just a few years off in age, you actually, it's interesting, 87, I think, is around the year that alternative music bands started to yeah. go huge. Yeah. U2, which had been kind of an alternative band. Yeah. Pride in the Name of Love certainly was kind of a, a, a minor Yeah, hit. but Joshua Tree. But Joshua Tree was this, you know, went through the stratosphere and so did yeah. R.E.M. And at this exact time, the fall of 87, right when I got the album, they were on the cover of Rolling Stone. It said, America's best rock and roll band. Right. That was, it was just like, oh my God, who are these guys? And I just got document and then started kind of going backwards from there. So you went um you went backward literally backwards or did you say okay I'm going to start at the beginning and go all the no, way up or what I, did you do? I had document and just um listened to that constantly 
And then I think the next album I got was Dead Letter Office. Which I believe came out right before. It came out document. in 86. Yeah. But right. at the time, I didn't know that it was just B-sides. It was and- a B-sides. Did you ever read? I mean, they talk about. Yeah, Peter Buck wrote the liner notes. Yeah, right. The liner notes are incredible. And they go into every single song. Yeah. But you didn't realize that it was— I didn't realize it was b I just didn't right. know. Right, so right, right, right. I just bought the 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 next most recent one, and it right. was Dead Letter Office. Right. And got really into that. So by the time I got into Reckoning, Voice of Harold is—even now when I listen to Seven Chinese Brothers, I think of the Voice of Harold lyrics rather than— the Seven Chinese Brothers lyrics because— Oh, that's interesting because yeah. those are the original ones that you heard. Yeah. So It's him just reading the liner notes of a gospel album along with the, the right. Seven Chinese Brothers tune. So you—so with Reckoning, would you say then that— You mean Document? Sorry, Document, yeah. yeah. So with Document, would you say that that is— uh, the it's the it, normally a lot of times our favorite things are the first ones we hear, right? You know what I mean? Would yeah. you, would you say that that then? And I don't want to talk about what your favorite record is yeah, yeah. because we're you know the the uh, document uh, episode is coming down the line. But it, 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 does that hold a certain fond place in your heart because of that? Yeah, document is one that I continually go back to. I think it it is its own masterpiece. It's a really complicated album oh, with a lot of By the way, if you listen to the show, you're gonna hear a lot of these yeah, I'm types so of sorry. sentences. This is such a <laughs> no, it's great. This no, is why you want to do the show. <laughs> um but <laughs> I think that it wasn't until the following year they used to put out an album every year. The following year when Green came out that I was like, okay, these are my guys and mm-hmm. I Took a deep dive and really went back and you got went all the way all back the after albums. Green. Interesting. So you had the first. You had those two. I had rec, uh, document, document, and Dead Letter Office. Dead Letter Office, and then the next year, I remember getting Green on Election Day, the day it came out, mm-hmm. and just going, "Oh my God, these are." And so like, then, I then didn't want to do the for the. We've been thinking about doing this podcast for a long couple years now, right. or at least the idea of it, and I didn't wasn't even sure I wanted to do it because. If you made fun of REM, it would hurt my feelings. That's how into these it, guys I, I, I have I, always been. And I am going to make fun of them at yeah, some sure. point. And but it's I, going to hurt my feelings, but I'll be fine. You'll be okay. I'm a grown-up. You're a grown-ass man at yeah, this point. But I do uh, – you know, when you find that band that you're like – I am. These are my mm-hmm. guys. I want to dress like that. Yep. I want to talk. These are you know. For me, everything. it was the Smiths, where sure. I would look at their uh, the the only photographs I had of them were the ones on the albums. Yes. Plot out exactly what they were wearing oh, yeah. and go to thrift stores and try to approximate Come it somehow. One hundred percent. One hundred percent. Um, and then, so then, uh, yeah, so 87 is the first time you yeah. ever heard of them. And then, uh, you're, you're a full blown mega fan by 88. Yes. Mm-hmm. Very yes. good. Very good. Yes. How about you? Um, I believe I'm pretty sure that I, uh, had heard, um, that I had heard some singles, on the radio. I'm pretty sure that I had um, probably... Because you were already tuned into alternative music by the time Document broke. I started to... Like, I grew up here... Because I didn't even know what alternative music was at that point. Yeah, so. okay. So a little bit... If you haven't heard the YouTube show, let me talk about my background a little bit. Uh, I was into Top 40. I grew up in Southern California in Orange County. 
and uh, I listened to Kiss FM. Mm-hmm. That was the first when I was ten. That was the first uh, FM radio. We we got our first FM. Yeah, <laughs> I sound like a, a million years old. Yeah, but, but like FM was a kind of it, an exotic thing. An exotic thing oh, at that wow. point because we all just had like kind of AM radios sure. and cars had AM radios. Right, and stuff. right. So we finally got an FM uh, receiver when I was ten in nineteen eighty, and um, and Kiss FM was. I was then able to listen to Kiss FM. So huh. uh, Kiss FM was what I listened to, and it was like um, Blondie, yeah. uh, and that was when they were you know like Huge. top forty. Yeah, yeah, you know what I mean. Uh, but but also stuff like you know Past the Duchy, and yeah. they would play like What's the Matter You, yeah. <laughs> you know, in the Curly Shuffle. Uh, you know, so it was. It Past was, the Duchy was huge. It was huge. Yeah, I remember my brother and I would um, we would call into Kiss FM. Uh, we would call into their. Uh, uh, you know what I'm thinking of? No, wait, I'm thinking of KFI. First of all, KFI. That's AM. on AM. Yeah, yeah, I would listen to KFI on AM. But that's talk radio. No, it used to be. It used to be top forty. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. So I was listening to KFI for a while, and then in '82, I got my first FM. Okay, so when I was ten, I was listening to KFI, and we called it. The reason I remember it being KFI is because they had a promotion where they um they had advertisements. Where people with huge ears were listening to the radio, uh-huh. almost like uh, if you listen to pop music, your ears are going to swell up. Uh-huh. And if you ever won a contest, they would give you these fake plastic ears. Whoa! And we won five of their call-in contests. Yeah. And so I had these big fake plastic ears that I used in my plays and in puppet shows for a long time. <laughs> so, well, as a, how old were you at that point? I was ten. Like a ten-year-old, big plastic ears are oh, the, fucking uh, like awesome. they're currency. Oh, totally. <laughs> um, for a dork like me, yeah. So, um, so I remember I won like a Bee Gees record and a Pat Benatar record oh, and stuff cool. like that. So in '82, Kiss FM, uh, I started listening to Kiss FM in '82, and then um, you know Huey Lewis in the News in '83, yeah. '84. You know Cindy Law. Or all that kind of stuff, yeah. and um, God, in, those are great. Those those are great. That's records. when I started getting into uh, high school. We didn't have MTV. My friend had it. I remember I would go over there and see Duran Duran. Me neither. And, my memory of seeing the one I love was at my friend Brian Anderson's house. I didn't have cable TV. <laughs> Brian, what's up? Yeah. You listening? Um, yeah, so I, you know, uh, that was just prime MTV time. Yeah. We didn't have it, but that's that's what was popular at the time. The Police, um, Billy Idol, all that yeah, kind of yeah. stuff. So uh, then in 19 – so I liked Huey Lewis and Billy Idol and whatever was popular. In 1985, I then uh, got a uh, Smith's record – I heard, please, please, please let uh, me get what you want. On and, the radio and then you're like oh. – and, and then I got into the Smiths. Uh, and got into uh, – also, I, I will say the other thing that happened in 1985 was when I was a sophomore, uh, I got seated next to a guy who ended up being my best friend in high school who was very plugged into alternative music. stuff. Yeah. yeah. So he, uh, he was really into the Smiths. He had this – Bitchin' Smith's poster that I remember Uh up in his room, and he had, like, a whole bunch of posters. He had a Fables of the Reconstruction poster. Awesome. All this kind of stuff, but I didn't really know R.E.M. all that much. Uh, Also, my other friend uh, also got me into alternative music like X and um, Devo and all this kind of stuff. So I had two friends who had all this kind of stuff. My one friend uh, did not like R.E.M., and my other one did. So uh, I remember he loaned me... 
the Life's Rich pageant. Uh huh. Okay, but I had heard like Radio Free Fall Europe. Fall on me. Probably. I'd heard though. I'd yeah. heard them a little bit, especially Radio Free Europe, because yeah. that had been on the radio. So I got Life's Rich pageant, and I borrowed it. Uh, and that became my entry point. That was in 1986. Uh-huh. That's a good entry point. And I listened to that over oh, and yeah. over and over and over. Um, what was interesting to me was I I had started playing the guitar at the time too, and they were all like songs that you could imagine learning. Totally. Oh, you they're know? all really they're kind of simple. Oh yeah. Um, now, like three now chord. His playing is is complicated because he's playing all, all of these arpeggios. Yeah. Um, that are difficult for someone with no skill like yeah. myself to to play, but the chords like you yeah. could just like jing 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 jing. So I would listen to that over and over. I have a lot of memories with that record of like I I associate it with a couple of things. One, going to the La Mirada Playhouse uh-huh. and seeing. Um, I think I saw uh, the guy who played Isaac uh, in the Love Boat playing the drill sergeant in Biloxi Blues. Oh, my God. And I was listening to that on the way. And, and it was it was one of those records that I could listen to with my parents, and they liked it. Sure. You know what I mean? Because a lot of the stuff like Bauhaus or the Smiths, they yeah. would complain about. Yes. But I remember the Smithereens and R.E.M. were two that my dad was like, hey, well, this is pretty good. That's I remember that with my parents, too. Like, you could play certain R.E.M. stuff. And that's, a I think, a big key to their success, too. And I know that that – Peter Buck for years said they're the acceptable edge of the unacceptable stuff. Right. And yes. that's one of the reasons they were able to keep going. Because they're they're very built on just kind of classic rock, almost birds style, uh-huh. jangly guitar chords. Catchy, poppy stuff. Mm-hmm. But and not but also they're weird. So. Yeah, they're they're a little weird sounding. That is the one thing that I will say, and we'll get into that down the road. But occasionally, you'd listen. I would listen to it around my parents, and they would go, "Well, hold on, yeah, exactly. Like this isn't, you know, I yeah. liked it up until this point, yeah. but are you sure you should be listening to this?" So a little bit of edge and a little bit of danger. But I, I remember, I remember that record associated with that, and I remember it uh, associated with. Um, I went to the library in uh, Huntington Gardens, maybe, or Huntington Beach or yeah. something. And no, the Huntington Gardens in Pasadena? No, it wasn't that. I, I think it must have been a Huntington Beach library that was, like, big and uh-huh. had a lot of stuff. And uh-huh. I was used to – this is when I got my – it was 86, so I got my driver's license and I got my first car. And I would make tapes of all my records and I would blast them. Yeah. Um, and I remember going to this library and they had this record for the soundtrack to this documentary about Athens, Georgia oh, music yeah. scene. Athens Inside Out. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I, and I remember I checked that. I got a card just so I could check that out of the library so I could tape it. Oh, yeah. Um, and, and make those songs as like at the end of my tape on the life's rich pageant tape that I had. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. So the, so, so that you was could fill out the full 90 minute right. tape. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So that was my entry point. And then I, I remember my friend saying fables was not that great. Right. So I sort of didn't really pay attention to that one, but I went back and I got chronic town yeah. and I got murmur and I got reckoning. Um, and, uh, dead letter office came out like after that. Right. So I bought that like the day it came out right. and I was and that was prime time. And then, and then for me, it was for several years, 
they were one of my favorite bands, and every time one of the new records came out, I got it the day the that it came. So out. So when Document came out, you were like yes. there and ready. I to was go. there, and uh, it was all. It was also very thrilling. Of like, hey, my favorite band is now uh, got a huge hit. Yeah, the best rock. And the crazy thing is, is I wasn't even aware of them, but even before Document. They were like filling the Greek theater. Like they were kind of big. They were really big. I mean, they talk about it in the history about just, first of all, in the Athens music scene, every show, more and more people would go. Like immediately. And everyone would hate them for that, (laughs) strangely enough. Uh, Because there's something about the songs. They're so, these early REM songs, they're so catchy. Yeah. That just going to a show sounds it sounds really fun. It must have been so fun. And you watch footage of those early shows or listen to the early concerts. It's like, man, these guys were fucking good. Mm-hmm. Like now, right I, out of the gate. I have only seen them once. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. What how, tour? Uh, Green. Okay. Wh- how many times have you seen them? I have no idea. Like zero? N- not at all. Not once. <laughs> No, I've seen them so many times. So many times. Okay. Yeah. I've only seen them once. Green was my first tour that I'd seen. Yeah. Okay. We'll talk about that when uh, in future episodes. Yeah. But um, I remember what you said about your parents liking them. I remember that too because I remember I I got my parents – my dad had a laser disc player that he borrowed from work. And so I went – What a dork. I, I went and checked out at the <laughs> library tour film and Rattle and Hum hmm. – or rented them or something and brought them up so I could record you the- You check li- them out at a library. You don't have to rent them. No, but I can't remember if I rented them from a video store oh, okay. or check. But I brought them up so I could record laser disc quality versions of both oh, of them onto cassette. Onto cassette, yeah. Because did you, I used to do that with live, I did that especially with the Crowded House live uh, from MTV Spring Break. Uh, special that they did. Wow. I, I I taped, I videotaped it and then hooked up uh-huh. my stereo so I could have a cassette of it. And did you go and buy the extra heavy, really good cassettes that, uh, remember those yeah, metal ones? Yeah, I remember ones? those. Yeah, the yeah. Metal, yeah. Was there any difference? No. No. And they were it's so It's like the expensive. gold CDs as yeah, well. Stupid. Like, oh, God. So I went up and I was making a tape of both Rattle and Hum and tour film so I could have this, because there's so much stuff on the Rattle and, in the movie that's not on the on the album and same with tour film. And I remember playing them all the way through on the TV while I was recording them. And my dad kind of walking in and out of the room and rattle and hum is on. And he's like, wow, this is great. These guys are really, really good. And this seems like a a great movie and band and everything. And then I remember putting tour film on and it's a really weird concert movie. Do you remember that one? It's also, it's shot. yeah, Yeah. It's shot like with, Super eight cameras, yeah, super and, grainy, yeah. and yeah, and, uh, and he's like, "This is not professional." Yeah, he's like, I don't know what this is. This, <laughs> I, I'm not sure about this one. Well, that's what REM always had. I mean, <clears throat> you two had the thing of they got so big, and they always worked with like you know the biggest people. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? And and they always worked with old sourpuss Brian yeah. Eno, and they always worked with Anton. Uh, how do you say his Corbin. last name? Corbin. Yeah, I, I always think it's Corbin Burnson. It is. It's the same guy. The same guy, really? Yeah. yeah, they were always like, like applying for the job of the biggest band in the yeah. world from day one. But and REM, they always seemed to be like they would never star in their own videos. You, right. their lyrics would never be audible. Right. They, they were always like, we don't want to be popular. We don't want to be popular. Yeah. And that was really cool. And it was cool when I first saw their videos, and it took me a while to even find out what they looked like. And that was awesome. And once they did. 
and then Once I was in. Did. Yeah, you I was in. Ugh. Um so yeah, so there there was a whole they they were doing it right. There was a mystique about them. It, it was all perfect. It was a lot like X-Men's greatest villains. There was a mystique about them as well. Exactly. The Brotherhood of Evil Mutants. I don't even know what you're talking about. I know you don't. Um so uh, we need to take a break. We have we have do. we covered the first time that we've heard of REM? No, I think we should start over. <laughs> I think we got it. I think this is a good background. Um, yeah, but yeah, we, yeah. we we both, though, by 86 to 87, we're both in. We're both super fans yeah. of REM. Ready oh. to go. All right. When we come back, we're going to talk about – we mentioned it a little bit before, but we're going to talk about REM's first uh, Hibtone single, uh, a few of the early songs, and we're going to talk about Chronic Town, their very first EP release – This is very exciting. Very exciting. Um, We are going to come right back. This is Are You Talking R.E.M. Re-Me. We'll be right back. Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening. You know what this new show has to mean? A new set of T-shirts, bro. T-shirts. Fucking T-shirts. And listen, these shirts are the ones I love. They will make you feel like shit. I can't read I can't read. This is stupid. This is stupid. Who wrote this? When it's the end of the world as we know, you're going to be. No, no, no. We can't read this. Anyway, check out the new REM shirts. They're pretty cool. We just got our pair. They're terrific. They're really good. Check them out at podswag.com slash REM. That's podswag.com slash REM. Welcome back. This is Are You Talking R.E.M. Re-Me. This is Scott. I have Scott across the table from me. And this is Scott. And we've done it. We we certainly have talked uh, genuinely about uh, how we first heard of R.E.M. Our Humble beginnings in the <laughs> REM. As far as Adam is concerned, maybe not so humble. No. <laughs> I am the greatest fan. <laughs> no, I is just that, mean your beginnings are, uh, oh. uh, you know. Uh, what do you mean? Like very privileged? I, I know Santa Cruz. I've been to Santa Cruz. Oh, really? <laughs> um. So we've come to the moment in the show, uh, and we've been talking about REM at length, at great length. Exclusively. Exclusively, and and have not been talking about anything else. But uh, it's time for us to go, and this is a little something we call track by track. Yeah. <laughs> and it's it, ta- it we just zip right through this part. Yep, we certainly do. Um, we're going to basically uh, go through song by song and uh, talk about, I don't know, what we like about them, right? Is that safe to say, Adam? I mean, yeah. And we're going to start with the Hibtone, those two Hibtone songs? The two Hibtone songs. So this is the uh, very first R.E.M. song ever. This is 1981. And uh, these two songs, this is the A side and the B side. These two songs are going to pop up on our next episode in uh, versions that are maybe slightly more professionally recorded. Yeah, yeah. on Murmur, yeah. On Mummer. 
and this is Radio Free Europe. This is their first song ever. Let's hear a little bit. Here we go. Off the strength of this, uh-huh. people were started freaking out immediately, like music critics and stuff. Well, I mean, the world at large, too. Like, I remember the headlines the next day on the papers. Oh, yeah. The front page of the New York Times. Band puts out record. <laughs> world freaking out. <laughs> Listen to this. Oh, I know, it's great. I mean, in this... This, by the way, could be the chorus of any other song. The chorus is coming up. Yeah. This is like already. This is just. And but they pull back. Oh, they, they don't pull give back you that chorus. The, they don't know. Because they know what they're doing. They're being miserly with that chorus. Even a little though, Ebenezer Scrooges with the choruses. Like Twenty-one years old. They know not to give you that oh, tasty my. chorus. A lot of bands they would. Uh, well, they, they start, would, with, start the chorus, with the chorus. Scott. Stand in the place where you live. A lot of bands would do something like that. Right. Not REM. Nope. Uh, I'm just gonna. By the uh, way, when Stand was on Get a Life, did it like was your world exploding like mine was? Uh, your two favorite things coming together? Uh, no, I uh, hated that song. Uh, oh, you did? <laughs> yes. Uh, Everyone kind of did. I loved it. Here, here's the chorus. Here we go. Oh, so good. Man, this is such a great song. This is, I mean, well, let's talk about, okay, so there's two different versions of the song. This is the early version. It's a lot faster. It's a lot faster. When's the first time that you heard it? Because I can tell you with certainty. Uh, the first time I heard this version. Really? Uh, it's when Eponymous came oh, out. Oh, Eponymous. Yeah, yeah that's the Eponymous I... was their greatest hits record, and they put this version of uh, Radio Free Europe yeah. on, and not the, what I guess a lot of people consider to be the classic version. The one that's on Murmur. Yeah, the one that's on Murmur is the one that was played on the radio all the time, uh-huh. and it's the one that everyone kind of knew the sound of, yeah. so... Uh, this was kind of like almost a rarity to put on the eponymous yeah. album in order to attract buyers. Well, I know having a an original Hibtone single of this, the record is the number one like REM collectible. Is it really? Because yeah. they only made a thousand, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, one K. I, I think eponymous came out between Document and Green after they had left IRS. So I don't think they even wanted eponymous to be. They a thing. no, they actually worked with IRS on well, eponymous. Y- the future compilations they did not want to be a thing but that one they no, were actually they they did not want it to come out but as long as they were doing it they decided to work with them we'll and just agree to disagree on that <laughs> i know that for a fact <laughs> um that uh um, but, but yeah, the, but yeah, but the I, sitting I, still. The, they didn't the put thing, that on eponymous, did I, they? Uh, the sitting still was not on eponymous. The yeah. the the early version of sitting still uh, that that was. I, I don't know what its actual CD debut was, but uh, I have it on the complete IRS B sides. It's pretty great. Too. It's pretty great too. Well, let's talk about Radio Free Europe though, because I don't know what version. Maybe we should save this for next time. But I don't know what version I prefer. I I prefer the hip tone just because it's I kinda do too. Yeah, it's re it's so it's so much faster. Yeah, and it just feels like these guys have two hours to record two songs. I don't know how quickly they 
recorded it. 120 but minutes. Sure. It sounds like they are just aching. You know, they've played this song so many fucking times and have rehearsed it and re- and it just it's just perfect in its in its kind of energy and roughness. And by the way, uh, like we this is the REM that we grew up with. A lot of people know REM. They probably started to know them around Everybody Hurts, uh Automatic for the People era. This is this is the sort of classic first version of REM where the sound is these jangly yeah. arpeggio guitars, uh Michael Stipend uh, mumbling his lyrics, and you have uh, Mike, Mike Miller, Mike Miller with some uh, backups and uh, uh, guitar or bass guitar lines that are sort of playing melody in yep. a way, and then uh, good old uh, Buckbury over there, Buckbury. <laughs> you know, yeah, you know, Mike Miller's uh, bass lines are very McCartney esque in the sense that they, I don't um, know who that is, but Jonathan McCartney. Jonathan Mc. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. I didn't know I know him. That's he's, our friend. Yeah. He and he's a terrific singer. Have you heard him sing? Yeah, and I didn't know that Mike Miller was basing his guitar lines on his singing. Everybody knows that. I didn't know that. Okay. Let's hear of the B-side sitting still. This is uh okay, let's just hear it because oh boy. Here we go. <laughs> Here it comes. Ready? Yeah. For the first two songs of the band, recorded. these are Stone Cold classics. Amazing. Like, this is a great song. <laughs> Incisive commentary. Get to the chorus. Here we hold back for the chorus again. See that? Ah. See that? These guys know what they're doing. I'm gonna I'm gonna turn it back up when the chorus comes. Sure. But uh, these are two yeah. of the best REM songs ever, in my opinion. They, they're amazing, and I don't know where songwriting like that comes from when you're. That well, young and you don't. It, it starts with "Happy Birthday." That's one of the first songs you ever hear. You know, you, "Happy Birthday" is a real favorite of yours. <laughs> it really you is. Maintain that that's the best song ever written. I look. You know, Patty and Mildred had. They knew what they were doing. They just knew what they were doing. I, I, not these guys didn't know what they were doing. No, they're Patty no Patty and Mildred. And Mildred. No. Here it is. That's the chorus. Okay, coming up. So good. Um, so these are the first two songs they put out in 1981. They yeah. put out the uh, Hip Tone is a small independent uh, label. They put out a thousand of them. They're snapped up. Yep. Um, and then, and by the way, should we talk about the producer, Mitch Easter? Yeah. Uh, great guy who is in uh, Let's Don- Act. Let's Active is his band. Yeah, and was Don Dixon involved in this, or is that Murmur when Don care. Dixon joins? I don't okay. Um, but I don't, the I don't tone, think he was. When the Hip Tone single came out, the Village Voice uh, uh, wrote about Get it. Get your shit together. Suddenly, suddenly <laughs> these guys have just put out one single. You are so, are, by the way, you are so afraid of – of saying something that does not historically, no, uh, I'm, 
I know that. No, what I mean is to say is, is like, this means so much to you that I you know. are choosing your words so carefully because you want to get across how much this means to you. No, you're right. Because I, I don't want to make a mistake because I didn't look, I didn't do any research before coming in here. Cause I feel like I already know everything, but now I'm realizing I might have the hip tone single coming out and murmur coming out mixed up, whether it was village voice or Rolling Stone. Cause I know okay. Rolling Stone Rolling Stone really liked Murmur. That's that what was, it was. Yeah, yeah. I believe that was their number one record or something of the year. Yes. Yes. So, but uh, this, but but uh, I can't remember who really talked about it, but it got good reviews. That's safe to say. The the Hip Tone single. The Hip Tone yes. single. Yes, those, When those reviews came in, extra, extra, read, read all, all about, about it. it. R.E.M. puts out record. World freaks the fuck out. R.E.M. puts out two songs <laughs> two songs world comes in its pants <laughs> is that what happened <laughs> something to that effect yes um so that so they basically put out that record yep. and uh, we're going to make another record for hiptone uh, and then uh, miles copeland who ran the irs label w- which by the way when i was uh, first getting into Alternative music. Yeah. The IRS label was. Oh, yeah. Like, that's quality. They had that, They have the police. They have the Go-Go's. Uh, they have REM. Uh, they have uh, General Public. Oh, General Public. That's right. <laughs> I remember I used to erase the, uh, the, the L from my General Public tape, so it said General Pubic. <laughs> Oh, I thought, I thought now, you meant it to say genre. And I would public. go up to people at school and be like, look, it says general pubic now. By, by the way, and I want to talk about this. Do you remember, and maybe this is just a Southern California thing, but I, I thought about this and I could not believe that people used to do this and it was fine with everyone. But they used to get In-N-Out Burger stickers and uh, it says in and out on the top line and then burger on the bottom. And they used to take off the B and the R. So it just says in and out urge. Oh, yeah. And that's fine. And people drive around and the public doesn't say, hey, maybe you shouldn't be doing that. And yeah. it, it caught on so much. Hundreds, if not thousands of people do this. And it's fine. But they're, they're like, hey, isn't it great when you stick a cock in a pussy and you go in or or whatever you like to stick it in and you go in and out and yeah. you have that urge you have to the do urge it urge to do that how insane is that is doesn't that sound crazy that people would do that just that no, it's not that people would do that it's like i can see one person doing that and oh, being the, like the fact that it turned into like a mini phenomenon the, the, even more than the phenomenon the fact that everyone's just like yeah oh yeah that that just <laughs> was everywhere and everyone was everyone's fine like with yeah, it. yeah yeah the, yeah, yeah. It's it's like the the Toyota on the back of the trucks where they erase the the some of the letters so it just says toy toy or, yeah. or yo well even yo even yo, yo. or toy it's like oh, okay but you bought it but this one is in and out <laughs> it's urge it's about fucking I know it's, it's I know. crazy to me I thought about that the other day I was like and I remember when I was a kid it was like hey you know what uh, my brother did uh, he he took off the B and the R and he, and it was like eh, that's a good idea. Yeah, oh, that's, that's clever. It's really a, a That's great a way idea. to tell everyone you like fucking. You know, you know what I'm gonna do? What's that now? I'm gonna go and do it on the way home, I'm gonna swing by in and out. I'm gonna grab myself a bumper sticker. They don't they don't make them anymore because so many because people Because of that? Th- yes, really? so many people did it. They couldn't make them. That's how crazy this is. Is that true? It's true. It's very true. And they're a very Christian 
uh, Internet, yeah, the uh, yeah, but they have John three sixteen or, yeah, or yeah. what have you uh, on the bottom of their cups, which is prime place for looking at things. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> the bottom of those cups. I'm always looking there for inspiration. Oh, always. Um, turns out that Village Voice did alert the public to this Hipstone single. All right, already <laughs> moved on from that <laughs> little factoid. Um, so. A year later, they're they're about to. Oh, I was going to say uh, the IRS label snaps them up and says, "Hey, you know, instead of putting it out on the small Stupid independent hip, hip tone, tone label, why don't you come over here and play with the big boys?" Yeah, and uh, Miles Copeland and the big boys, mm-hmm. Stuart Copeland's brother. Yep. Um, so they they bring over REM and they say, uh, "Okay, but we want to give you a new." Pro- Producer. Wait, is that for Murmur? Maybe I'm thinking that's for Murmur because uh, yeah, because didn't they want yeah, them yeah. to for Chronic Town? It still it still is Mitch Easter. Yeah, still doing it and um, Don Dixon at this point, right? Don uh, Dixon. I don't know. You, that's for you to find out. In, uh, <laughs> okay, for, I I have enough trouble. I'm working the iPod here. I can't like fact okay. check your right. bullshit. Yeah, Mitch Easter and Don Dixon were a team. All right. Um. And. It's like they I'm in were an episode like, of Ghosted right now. They were like uh, they were uh, like professional musicians, and these kids from like lore that ever kids came in to what record. Staying right now, record uh, Chronic Town and Murmur and Mitch you Easter. You are having a fucking meltdown right now. Get you your shit about? together. Um, Mitch Easter and Don Dixon. Let's look up their credits. Okay. What's going on? <laughs> no, I'm looking. I'm looking this up. Okay. I know. I know. Okay. Uh, wow. Wow. Yeah, Mitchie Easter and Don Dixon checks out. <laughs> checks out. Okay. Checks out. <laughs> so yeah. So then. So then the next year they are they're going to put out a record. They think they're going to put out yeah. an album, and uh, IRS says, uh, you know what? I don't know that uh, you have enough songs. Uh, to put out a regular album, why don't you put out an EP? Sure. And so what we have is the Chronic Town EP that came out in 1982. And um, for me, mm-hmm. this is maybe my favorite REM release. I don't know. We, what? We're going to go through their records, and, and uh, whatever, whenever we get to the last record, we're going to rank our uh, favorites. And I'll, Like I'll our have, favorites so far. Are, are well after having listened to them all and talking about them all, we're gonna say, okay, now here's after hearing them all, here's our definitive list yeah, of what yeah, we yeah. think. But at, but for me now, I don't know. It's it's either Life's Rich Pageant or this. The, well, they're the ones I listen to the most. I mean, on my way over here, I was listening to Chronic Town and I, and I was like, this is fucking it, good rock and roll music. <laughs> like this is great. It, by the way, do you still think that uh, Songs of Experience is a big album? <laughs> I know. I you know I did listen to it. But I usually don't listen to it back, but I did listen to it back. Oh, did you? We, we both said that. I know. Many we were, times. I believe we were struggling for uh, extra words. Yes. <laughs> um, so Chronic Town, yeah, I, I listened to the shit out of this record. And yeah. the weird part about it to me is, is that um, – it really wasn't available uh, other than on record. Oh yeah, I I didn't I got this. It was extra on on a Dead Letter Office. I yeah. didn't even know what it was. Right. They 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 basically put out this uh, EP, and I I EP. think it was EP EP Phone Home, and it was twelve inch. I, I think it wasn't a ten inch. I it was have no a, idea. I think it was a twelve inch, and I have the twelve inch. And um, oh, you had it. You, like, yeah. You had oh yeah, it. yeah. Oh, I have cool. it. Yeah, I still have it at home. You so, do. Uh huh. 
The so, original? Yeah, the original. Yeah. You should bring that in. I will bring it in. And could you autograph it for me? Sure. <laughs> I'm going to. No matter what, I'm going to draw on it with a pen. You're going to draw a big dick on it. That's right. The big gargoyle with a big dick. Yep. Licking it. Um, no, I had I had the record, and then when everything segued into CDs about 1987 is when I got my first uh, CD player from my job at the LA Times. I won it as a bonus. Really? Um, Getting a CD player back then was a big deal. First CD that I ever bought was A Very Special Christmas. <laughs> really? Yep, because I got it at Christmas, and that was the was big— Was it like one of those benefit albums where everyone has a yeah, that was song? Yeah, it was the one with Sting and Madonna oh, okay. and Run DMC, like the big classic one. And it just, oh, with uh, the Keith Haring on the cover? Yeah, yeah, yeah Christmas yeah, and yeah. Hollis, yeah, yeah, like yeah. everything. It was. It had come out like the day before I got right. the CD player or whatever. That was, was the record to get. Yeah. Then, or the but, CD. But— um, but so then I started transferring everything over to CD and rebuying every yep. every record I had. But Chronic Town, weirdly enough, they wouldn't put out just a normal CD of it. Right. They tacked it onto the end of Dead Letter Office, right. which was their B-Sides compilation. Adam, he gets the CD of Dead Letter Office, and there's five songs at the end, which are, in my opinion— R.E.M.'s finest songs, maybe, and they're just like an attacked on uh, yeah. add-on. It's after their drunken version of King of the Road, suddenly this suddenly, weird, tight uh, post-punk music starts. And let's I didn't know listen what the to, hell was going on. Yeah, and you're still confused to this day. Let's listen to a little bit of Wolves Lower, which is the first song on Chronic Town. This is even a step up from the hip tone single yeah. as far as like Sound quality. This is just uh, great. The drums are so loud, I can't turn it up. No, good. The drums are so loud, aren't they? Yeah. That's great. Here's a house to put. Yeah, it is so catchy. So incredible. This, I mean, what's interesting about this song, Wolves Lower, by the way, is that um, it's Wolves, comma, lower. Yeah, there's a comma in the middle of the song title. Mm -hmm, which usually commas come at the end of sentences, don't they? <laughs> yeah, usually at the end of any proper sentence. <laughs> it has a comma. Four commas. <laughs> right. um, yeah, and from the very start, those harmonies that uh, – that Mike Miller. Mike Miller and – And uh, Buckbury. But no, the uh, yeah, Buckbury and also Michael Stipend. So, well, Stipend is not doing harmonies. He's doing uh, – well, the, he, he and Mike Mills do harmonize. Mike Miller does. Mike Miller. Yes, exactly. They do that's, harmonize. Well, that's true. And it's okay, I guess we're splitting. Very, very. Uh, hairs here. Or the atom. Let's split the atom on that one. <laughs> How about it? Uh, but from the very beginning there, very beautiful harmonies. Harmonies. And the the odd thing about the this song is that it was a late addition to the record. Oh, was it? They uh, had Ages of You. In there, oh, which yeah. was a song we played a little earlier. You told me that, and I didn't know that. That's crazy. It was uh, – they had that, and and uh, I believe IRS maybe said, you know what? We don't think this gets the record on the right foot. Um, let's do a new song. And then 
like this is what they put on, which is one of the best REM songs ever. But I, Ages of You is one of my favorites. What version of Ages of You were they going to put? They, on? It's one that we have they've not heard. Never put we've, it out. We've never, yeah, Why? we've never heard it. That's I don't weird. know. They've I put would everything out. I would love to hear it. Because um, the Ages of You that's on Dead Letter Office they re-recorded, yeah. pretty rough. Years later. It's great. And then I have a ton of live versions of it, but I've never but heard it. But they've this. never, yeah, they've never put out the version that they were talking about. Oh, I want to hear that. I want to hear it too. I want to hear it. So then um, that's the first song. And then you have, I mean, we th- those first two songs that they put out, the A side and the B side, Radio Free Europe and Sitting Still, two yeah. of the greatest. But then here's this maybe... I don't know. If you were to say best R.E.M. song of all time, this is maybe one of them. I don't know. This is Gardening at Night. Uh, Second song on this EP. Almost all of their songs have a part where Buckbury can just like go dum 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 bum bum dum dum bum. His fills are my favorite. Now remember, I when, like McGraw. I remember when Guns N' Roses got big, like in '87, and Steven Adler's fills I thought mm-hmm. were ripping off uh, Buckbury's fills. Really? Yeah, that's interesting. There are a lot of uh, fills on Appetite for Destruction that I think. Oh, are- shut up. <laughs> Ah, man, I love this song. Yeah, it's a great song. Although, I will say that the other vocal mix might, I may Let's talk about that, because there is uh, a different version of it, and that can be found on uh, Eponymous. Uh, Exactly the same. Same backing track, track, but there is a different vocal. Now, to me, the the vocal sounds... uh, a little more out front, maybe a little more legible or well, it's audible, a, rather. It's not in falsetto. It's just mm-hmm. kind of sung in the usual right. stipend way. And it seemed to me like it was. First of all, it's a rarity to get people to buy it, but it also maybe was like, "Hey, everyone likes the one I love, where the vocals are a little more out and front uh, and center. Why don't we, you know, have this other version of it where it's well, that was that was just maybe, me. You I know. mean. I would imagine they had those two versions and just decided to put that one on there. But yeah, know, maybe you don't know what the hell you're talking about. Uh, um, but I will say the cool thing about Eponymous was that they put those two kind of different versions on, and then also the S- South Central Rain that they put on there was the one f- from the music video, which is a different version. So they did put out a best of, but it had different things on it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So not really the best of. No. It was like the best of some songs. The best and then, of. Eh. And then they also put romance on it, which yeah. is. is eh, what movie that. was that from? Uh, I can't remember, but we'll talk about it when it comes up. Um, okay, so number, track number three on Chronic Town is Carnival of Sorts, oh, parentheses, Boxcars. This is my favorite on this. This is your favorite. Oh, yeah. wow. This is great. Um, starts off with this kooky kaleidoscope. It's like, what am I listening to? Kiss Psycho am Circus? I? Am I at the circus? What's going on? Oh, wait a second. This is great. Jesus Christ. I'm going to blow my fucking brains out. 
This is so good, I'm gonna blow my brains out. So this is sort of the classic R.E.M. Wait, wait, wait. Sound, we, got, right? we got to hear a word. All right. Here it comes, right here. This is the classic REM yeah, sound yeah, to me. Totally. The the fast drumming with yep. these great fills, uh, the, the harmonies, arpeggios. the arpeggios, the just catchy, catchy yeah. melodies. Yeah. Um, and you can't really, you don't know what they're talking about. You don't about. know what they're saying. That's the other thing is like when I would sing along, I'd be like, Boxcars, I'm loving it. Um, and that's what you do. That's what you do. Okay, so that's the first side of the EP. Yeah. Okay, so it was three songs on the first. Three songs and two on the second. Two on the second. Two on the second. Yeah. And the last song, "Stumble," is long. It's like a five-minute song. Okay. So, so it was like a twenty-two, twenty-three minute or so. The first song on side two is. Oh, this is a million. God damn, and it. Yeah, uh, sounds like a million song. bucks, uh, Buckberries rather. Um, this is one million. Did they play any of this when you saw them the one time you saw them? I'd have to go look at the track list if it's online somewhere. It is. I, I can't believe you only saw them once. I mean, by that point, were you kind of. I was on my way. I peaked maybe with them. I'm not sure. We'll talk about it in future episodes. So this is, I mean, this is obviously verses are great. Wow, this is a good sound. But then when they get to these choruses, oh my goodness. Here we go. Yeah. They just had a knack. I wonder yeah. what, the, I mean, I guess, would would Michael Stipend, I wonder if he would make the melodies later or, you know, they they would just jam and he would sing over it. I, I'm, I'm really interested with these, with these types of catchy pop songs, yeah. you know, like later when they get experimental, I'm sure they're just like putting chords together and he's, you know, doing what Bono does, which is sort of just humming over it and figuring it out later or whatever. But with these types of catchy, you know, Pop songs. I wonder how they do it. I know usually they would just record the songs and give him tapes of it, and he would just drive around and think up melodies and lyrics. So sort of like what you would do when you were driving your mom around. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's actually the same process. Michael Stipend would come to Santa Cruz and drive my mom around <laughs> really? and think Where up lyrics. Where would take her? Grocery store, the why's, park. Why isn't she driving herself? Your mom sounds lazy. She's very, very, very lazy. <laughs> no, she she actually prefers to walk around. But you know, sometimes she likes to drive just because she enjoys uh, vehicles. She ever run? 
Yeah, she's a jogger. Really? Yeah. How fast she go? Twenty, thirty thousand miles every fifteen, twenty minutes. That's not bad. That's not bad. Thank you. It's not bad. She could. Uh, she she could keep up with me. Let's just say. Oh really? Uh, what are you a cheetah? <laughs> I'm a puma. Oh, motherfucker. Geez. Okay. Um, now. Last song of the EP and last song on side two uh, is Stumble. Yeah. Now, I've been listening to this a lot over the past couple of days. Uh uh, And each time I go, you know what? That's the only stumble for me trying to be clever of like, this is the song that I technically don't like as much as the first four. It's not as good. But only because those first four are Stone Cold classics. Yep. Because then each time I uh, each time I would go let me let me hear it one more time just to just so I can solidify my opinion that stumble mm-hmm. isn't as good, it still is really good. Yeah, I mean, uh, but it's 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 not it's and not like it, you said it's longer too, which is teeth. Yeah. Plus, it's got a guy going two at the beginning. No, he says teeth. He says he's teeth. Like this. He's pointing at his teeth. No, he's knocking his teeth with his finger. You can hear it. Huh. Interesting. That's what these, it sounds like drums, but he's just banging on his teeth? No, he literally is going like this. But the do 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 that you're yeah, hearing? Yeah, that's also teeth. That's also teeth? No, I like this song, actually. This is great. But you're right, it's not the... It's like if, if the others are 100s, this it's is like, like an a... 85. I would even say 90. Like, I, 90. Uh, once it gets going by the yeah. chorus, it's like... But it, but it's not a, uh, it's not like some of the songs that we've heard before or further songs no, in their canon. Great. I mean, listen to that. I mean, listen to this. It's so good. It's fucking great. Yeah, this is awesome. These guys. Yeah, I like this. I love this song. That's where it. That's where it comes in. And is like, oh wow, this is good. Yeah. No clue what they're talking about. Either. Far and chance? I don't know. Yeah. By the I way, does know. are there lyrics online for these songs? Or yeah, there are. There are. I think even the REM website might. I don't know about this stuff, but that's why. I mean, but it was not available when no, no, when no. these came out. So there's Actually, no when way they, to- they started printing lyrics with their albums. I was a little bummed out just because that was one of the cool things that, that they never did do that. But mm-hmm, mm-hmm. eventually they did. Well, that's Chronic Town. As yeah. far as I'm concerned, one of their best releases. Yeah, it's it's incredible. Um, um, and what's weird about it is uh, with Radio Free Europe and, and Sitting Still, they re-recorded those to put them on an, a regular album. Yeah. But these five songs never recorded them again, never yeah. put them on an album. They just It just lives on Chronic Town. But it was an IRS release, so they – it was distributed more widely than the hip tones. Sure, it was, but I mean, it, 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 once CD started coming out, it was an afterthought and it was not even on iTunes until maybe three years ago or something. Yeah. I didn't know that. So, and gardening at night is, you know, I I think is one of their classic songs and the others are classics too, as far as I'm concerned, but it's, it's, it's one of these strange classics that is a little harder to come by or yeah. at least was and uh but for me i life's rich pageant and chronic town were the two that i listened to over and over and over and over so That's for me cool yeah so. i mean i listened to chronic town by proxy just because it was on dead letter office and i would i got to know it really well but i didn't know that it was them from from what, several years, years ago earlier yeah. or whatever i just 
I, I didn't know. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you were yeah, stupid. Was just a stupid, stupid boy. I mean, you look, you had the <clears throat> mental capacity of a two-month-old. Yeah, I mean, listen, I'll be honest. I'm no genius now. I mean, honestly, sometimes you don't know. You're saying goo-goo. You don't know if you should follow it up with gaga or blah, blah. Or, you, you just don't know. Yeah, I mean, listen, never going to claim to be uh, be a, an A-plus student. Sure, an, an A student, yes. Yeah, but no A-plus. But pluses, it's like, come on, you know? And those A-plus students, by the way, they're ruining the curve. Get out of town. Get the fuck out Get, of town. Hey. Get the Get fuck out of Hickory dickory dock over here. Look at my... Look at my look at my look at my look at my. Um, do you think we should wrap it up? Yeah, here? I mean, what else do we? Is there any? There, that's it. There was we pro- played a little bit of White Tornado, which was written uh, and and uh, on the B sides at the same time. That was our intro to. What was the, that on the B side of? Uh, you know what? It was not. I don't. I don't believe it was really released. It's just on the complete B sides. Office and stuff. Right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but it was. It was not. Uh, I don't think it was put out. I don't think it was a B side of anything. But it was recorded. It was recorded. And around all the right time. friends, which you played. All the right friends is around. Recorded around that the was, same time. Yeah, and maybe more of a live track at the time. Mm-hmm. You pointed out that they didn't really get around to recording that till maybe later. But it was around this time. They it had was one a, of their first songs. They obviously they were playing live shows and they couldn't just play seven songs. Yeah, so they had a lot of songs. You they hear, played a lot of covers in those days too. Yeah, and but you do hear them playing songs that will wind up on records yeah. five years in the future. Just a touch was one of those mm-hmm. early songs, yeah. and that winded up on Life's Rich Life's Rich Pageant, of course. And then uh, a lot of times you'll be listening to a Murmur concert and you'll hear Reckoning songs, and and uh, I'm sure. Or vice versa. You know, there is a version of Gardening at Night I wanted to play you. Okay. Um, that All wound right. up. Here. You have it on your phone? Yeah. <laughs> Give me that fucking thing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I don't this care. Is, I don't care when I get tricked. This is a version of what? Uh, gardening at night. Gardening at night. Is this the different vocal version or is this the acoustic no, this version? this is or? a different version altogether that I hadn't heard This until. is a different version. Oh, I thought you were saying altogether. That's an airplane joke. I've never heard this. What yeah. is this? This is a different version of Gardening at Night. I know, but I'm just... Oh, God. It came out in 2006, but it's... It's, uh... Oh, I thought it was over. I was going to say, that's really different. (laughs) A little slow. Well, yeah, it's a slower version. As far as I'm concerned, if you're going to make a different version, you got to make it exactly the same tempo. (laughs) You've heard the acoustic version, right? The... That's on the IR or the uh, complete IRS B sides. I'm sure. It also was a bonus track on uh, Dead Letter Office when they put out a expanded version of it. Yeah. Um, and here's a an early just a touch. Yep. So these yeah. are all the these are all the songs that are playing uh, that they're that they're writing around this time. Oh, this isn't. This is actually not that early, but Just a Touch is a very old song. Yes. Good for you. All right. You too. You too. You too. All right. We're going to wrap it up, but there is plenty more where this came from. We're going to look. I mean, Adam, we're 
committed to doing this, right? Look, we're embarking on an, an all-new adventure, Scott. Oh, my gosh. And I'm excited because this is – there's an endless uh, well of great uh, music here that that I'm excited to to talk about. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of um, really funny yeah. things that we're going to yeah. say. Oh, man, we're going to say so many funny things <laughs> that I – don't even know where to start. <laughs> um, we're gonna we're gonna do this as long as we can. Uh, we have a little bit of time over the next few weeks uh, yeah. to record some of these. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. I'm, we'll I'm looking forward to doing this. Absolutely. Okay. So uh, I'm gonna pull this back so you can't trick me. And I got it. And oh fuck! Why did I not do that? Because I fucked you. <laughs> All right, here we go. This is the There's end. A lot of bad language today or, on the podcast. Are you are you sensitive about the bad language? I because I, uh, you know, REM language, might be. Well, language to me, it's it's like one of the. Anyway, last we'll see you forms. next time. On are you talking REM re me? Where we hope that you found what you're looking for. Until we think of something to say goodbye with. Bye. Bye. This has been an Earwolf production. Executive produced by Scott Ackerman, Chris Bannon, and Colin Anderson. For more information and content, visit Earwolf.com. Hey, Queeros, it's me, Cami Esposito, and I'm here to tell you about my podcast, Query. You can sit in on hour-long conversations between me, Cameron Esposito, and some of the brightest luminaries in the LGBTQ family. Query explores individual stories of identity, personality, and the shifting cultural matrix around gender, sexuality, and civil rights. Plus, it is fun. We have had some incredible guests. Uh, Emmy winner Lena Waithe? Yes, definitely. Congressman Mark Takano? You bet. L Word creator Eileen Shaken? Yes. President and CEO of Glad Sarah Kate Ellis? We definitely have. We've got celebs. People like Trixie Mattel, Evan Rachel Wood, Tegan and Sarah, the band and the people separately on two different episodes. We also have activists and change makers in our community. I think it's a one of a kind show full of chats you have never heard before. It's identity, it's community, it's query. You can find query every Monday on Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts.